Ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I'm a 24-year-old piece of gold, the messiah of the microphone, and the greatest sports recreational podcast in the world today, the Pod Father. And yes, I am still the lead champion of this show, still the Bullet Cast champion. I think we're at like 108 days now. It's spectacular. It's marvelous. It's wonderful. But, you know, I never do this alone. He's my tag team partner, the Jimmy to my J, the Tully to my R, and the Stevie Ray to my Booker T. Ladies and gentlemen, former Bullet Cast champion, the Canadian Destroyer, BT, Brandon Tan Guma. Brandon, Money in the Bank has happened. One of the most, probably the most interesting Money in the Bank ladder match of all time. How are you doing on this fine Sunday evening? I'm doing just fine, Philip. Another lovely quarantine Sunday. Absolutely. Well, Brandon, I know you didn't win the title, but on the bright side, you're the Bullet Cast Money in the Bank, so how do you feel? I feel fantastic, Philip. What are you eating today? As I enjoy this um this Burger King I'm I'm eating today. Oh, Burger yeah. King. I had work at six forty five in the morning. I didn't I didn't have a, a solid meal yet today. So, you know. I figured I'd uh I'd do it with the king. Yes. Alright, but ladies and gentlemen, money in the bank recap, we have to get to it. Brandon Re, re, let's start with the matches. Who who was up first on the main card? Well, on the main card, you know, we're not going to, we're going to, I guess, disrespect the pre-show because I didn't watch the pre-show. But the first match was the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Championship, SmackDown Tag Team Championship, that is, the New Day, Lucha House Party, Miz and Morrison, and the Forgotten Sons. And then, in the end, New Day won in about 12 minutes. I thought it was a okay match. A lot of bodies in there, a lot of action. Nothing really too spectacular, but, uh, I mean, overall, it was fine. Uh, it was okay, man. Um, you know, got to see the Forgotten Sons with Steve Cutler. I, I kind of like that guy. You know, he, there's something about him. There's a grungy feel about him. I kind of like, you know. Uh, if you look at those guys, the obvious star looks like uh, Jason Riker, who's a gunner, but I think Cutler could do something big if he... Uh, Broke away from those guys. Uh, yeah, man, I think I will go... Mm, I'll go C+. Plus. It was okay. It was decent. No, it was alright. No, nothing spectacular happened. New Day retains the uh, the tag titles. That's that's about it. I think I'll agree with you. I'll give it a C plus as well. It didn't overstay its welcome, but as the case for all these multi-team matches where it's a fatal four-way, why can't it just be all four members of, you know, one team is in there instead of having to tag out people who aren't a part of your team. And there was multiple times where it was like kind of a weak tag where they were like halfway into the ring and they tagged them not holding the tag rope. And it was, you know, there's a lot of continuity issues with this match. But that's why the revival, that's exactly why the revival left. Exactly. Not so, protecting the tag teams. The revolt is coming. I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, what else happened after this, Brandon? Well, then we get the lovely segment, unadvertised match, I guess, of R-Truth taking on Bobby Lashley. We get R-Truth coming out, singing and dancing, and then, you know, saying what's up to the crowd that wasn't there. Then MVP shows up, and then Bobby Lashley shows up, and then we have a match. Lashley wins in two minutes. Boom. Eh, 
That spear looked like it hurt. It, it did. I did chuckle when MVP called uh, R Truth the uh, offset future uh, lookalike wannabe. I'm like, ha ha ha, that's funny. Um, overall, I guess I'll give a uh, give it a C plus. It was cool. I'll give it a big D. Oh, oh. <laughs> Big pop for the studio audience. Big, <laughs> Big Dean. Did, oh, Jesus. So, so many things I could have said. Um, <laughs> Brandon, moving on. Well, after that lovely and esteemed match, they go to a selfie of King Corbin. They also had a selfie of, I think, Lacey Evans during the show as well. Then we go to Kayla Braxton backstage. Shout out Kayla. Interviews Bailey and Sasha. Bailey kind of speaks on behalf of Sasha once again. And this leads into Bailey taking on Tamina for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. And then in the end, Bailey wins in 11 minutes. The match was fine. Once again, I felt as though it's kind of hard to really get in the match because Tamina is, I guess, considered the babyface in this situation. But yet she's been classified as a heel for pretty much her entire career and there's really no you know concrete turn of why we should be liking her so i think overall especially with no crowd it makes the match even more awkward sasha gets involved a little bit and then yeah all right first of all um this match might get boosted by what sasha was wearing yowzer's big zipper sound effect um are you gonna give it a big d oh hey hey um, oh, I'm I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Um, I, I it might have to stay in the seed territory, man. You know, um, they they did have me think for a second that Tamina was gonna win the title. I'm not gonna lie, I would have popped huge for it. I would have been I would have made this whole podcast praising her if she had done that, but that did not happen. Um, they played the ankle and uh, knee injury up very well. Aunt Aunt Pam, she was able to successfully retain her SmackDown Women's Championship. Oh, Jesus, excuse me. That's the reflux of the uh, Oreo milkshake. Uh, I will, uh... I'll give it a, give it a C-. I'm gonna, yeah, we're going down. Sorry. Sorry. Overall, maybe like a C. I'll just give it a regular soft C. Soft C, but big hard D? You said it, not me. Okay. What else happened? We get a commercial for the lovely... Total Bellas television show. We also get a PSA with Titus O'Neil. He's still with the company, mainly just to push some charities. He's talking about some hungry kids. Good for Titus O'Neil. We also get a promo from Seth Rollins. Pretty much the same exact promo we've been getting for the past month. Soft-spoken, Messiah talk, and all that good fun stuff. I did like the promo from Seth, and we're going to talk about Seth. He really elevated himself tonight. All right. Um, they push the Undertaker uh, documentary, which I assume we'll talk about it on Thursday. Then we get to the WWE Universal title match. Braun Strowman taking on Bray Wyatt. Not the Fiend. Red sweater wearing Bray Wyatt. In the end, Braun wins in 11 minutes. Braun puts on the black sheet mask. Teases that he's going to join the dark side. We get some of the puppets at ringside as well. In the end, Braun wins. I think they you know, protected Braun getting the win, obviously, but I think they also kind of protected Bray a little bit as well. He got a decent amount of offense, and overall this was kind of expected. Braun beats regular Bray, and then this they teased the emergence of the Fiend at the end of the match. I'm, I'm going to give this one a B for Braun. I enjoyed the um, 
the puppets showing up. I'm like, oh, yeah, empty arena. We can do stuff like this. This is interesting. This is cool. And then, you know, Braun played Bray with putting on the mask. And uh, Bray's like, welcome home, son. I knew you'd come back, basically. And uh, in the end, Braun successfully retains the Universal title, screaming at the top of his lungs, I, I, I did this by myself. I didn't need you. You didn't make me. Yeah. Give it a B. It was good-ish. Nothing more we can say. I think I'll give it a B as well. I think that Bray Wyatt in this empty arena format is uh, very good. You know, he's able to talk and kind of play up the character aspect as well. The ending, I mean, it was kind of obvious that that's what exactly was going to happen with the uh, turn in the end. But, I mean, now that The Fiend seemingly is going to come out and face Braun, I think that's much more of a uh, possibility that Bray Wyatt wins the championship especially since the Braun situation kind of came out of nowhere, so I really don't know what their plan is with Braun Strowman at this point. Anything else on the match, Philip? No, you know, you know I'm not really a Braun guy, so it's not much I could, uh, not much I could say. They teased the mysterious hooded hacker fella that has been on SmackDown who unveiled the uh, Dolphin Sonya situation. Obviously, I haven't been talking about SmackDown all that much. I know there's some conspiracy theories out there. The obvious pick is Mustafa Ali. Philip, do you have any guesses on who this mysterious hacker is going to be? CM Punk. CM Punk. No, I'm, I'm joking. If it was Punk, that'd be great. Uh, I don't know. Honest to God, I don't know. Pray to God it's Shorty G and he got a different gimmick. Jesus. Then we get the final match at the Performance Center. We didn't exactly say this at the beginning, but the regular matches took place at the Performance Center while the Money in the Bank match took place in Stanford, Connecticut at the WWE uh, office. The final match, Drew McIntyre takes on Seth Rollins' WWE title, goes 20 minutes. I thought that this was well worked, probably the best regular match of the night by far. I think I'll give it, I'll give it a B plus. Yeah. B-plus territory. It could get an A if their crowd was there. Brandon, could you say that this is the best WWE-worked uh, match without a crowd to date? I don't know if I can exactly say that. It wasn't you know, a top-tier blow-away match. I really enjoyed uh, the Charlotte-Rhea match at WrestleMania. I also really enjoyed the tag team title match we saw on Raw. It didn't like blow me away. It wasn't like maybe some of the AEW matches we have seen, but I did think that this was a really good match. And now that Drew McIntyre is the champion, they can kind of step away from the spam finishers type of matches with Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. And now we can have some regular championship matches with Drew McIntyre. And this was kind of the first step. And then at the end... Drew shook uh, Seth's hand. Well, I guess Seth shook Drew's hand because Drew was offering him a handshake. And I don't exactly know what this means. Are they teasing a rematch later on down the line? Is maybe Seth going to turn babyface? Because who knows why. But kind of an odd ending to the match. And it kind of leaves the door open for uh, you know a story to be told there. Absolutely. We have a fan mail. Jack of all trades. Seth's new theme just adds so much more to the presentation of the Monday Night Messiah. Yeah, that new theme song, I dig it. And when it started off, it did kind of sound like Bailey's new theme, but then it hit a different chord, and I'm like, oh yeah, I like this. What would you think of it? The match itself, or the entrance itself, I thought that it was uh, good. You know, kind of with the short ramp, you don't have to have 
a uh, dynamic theme that has you know a whole bunch of different chords and everything like that. But obviously, that Seth Rollins uh, burn it down theme was definitely a babyface theme. So with his Messiah gimmick, kind of the godly theme song, I think it definitely does fit him, and it is a nice change up for his character. Absolutely. So the Money in the Bank matches. Oh man. Well, the oh, Money in the Bank matches. My God. Both of them happening at the same time. The men's match, you know who was in it. The women technically start in the, I don't even know what you call it, the reception area, the lobby. The lobby, yes. And then the men start in the gym. Luckily, no Chris Benoit spot during this match, unlike the oh, last man standing hey. match, Edge and Randy Orton. So they learned their lesson. I Why do you have that. to bring that up? I just had to bring it up to say they didn't do it, so I have to give did, them their props. Did you catch the picture of him in the background, though? I did not catch a picture of Chris Benoit. I did see a picture of uh, Roman Reigns, which I guess a really big picture of Roman Reigns. I thought they would just you know spray paint over it or put like a, a clown face on him. I know, dude. And in this, uh, in this Undertaker doc, I started watching a little bit of it. Jericho's in it for a nice little bit. And I'm like, oh, he's not blackballed like that? I'm like, okay. Anyway, back to the, back to the matches. Well, the women started off in the lobby. Asuka didn't show up when her entrance music started, even though, you know, there's no... I mean, I guess there's speakers there, so they could have played it through that. The entrances, I thought, were a little awkward, especially on the women's side. Asuka jumps off the uh, second store, off the second floor. I don't know why she did that. She already had an advantage. She could have just run up the stairs in, in, the, es- in the elevator. I don't think they have escalators in the, in the building, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, they kind of just bounced back and forth. They did all the kind of gags you would think. I mean, they had the, the Vince office gag. We got a brother love gag. We got we didn't doink. Get, we, didn't get a, we didn't get the boogeyman. I'm sad. We saw Stephanie. We saw, I mean, we saw a lot of things. Not like it wasn't too over the top. Like I think some people were expecting, but uh, Dana Brooke was the person who grabbed the wrong briefcase. I predicted that spot to an extent. So there we go. There we I, go. I, mean, I, I guess Dana Brooke wasn't paying attention to the rules or didn't watch any WWE programming for the past month. That the match ended at the top of the roof and not inside a room. Maybe she thought it was a trick. I don't know. I don't know. We saw Vince McMahon in jeans. What? Never see Vince in jeans. That was great. Brother love. I love you. Loved it. Loved everything about it. AJ being stuck under the uh, bench press. That was cool. The food fight, Otis, with the... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. All in all... Here, we have, we have fan mail about it, too. Let's let's just go to it, guys. Let's just go to it. All right. Hootie Who 420. Hootie Who. I like Otis. I think his bits and act is hilarious, but him as Mr. Money in the Bank, not a fan. Yeah, so Otis won the Money in the Bank ladder match, ladies and gentlemen, for the men. I'm not a fan. I'm not going to lie. You know, the, the whole feel-good story with Mandy. Okay, yes, that's cute. But why do we keep doing this to Money in the Bank over the last couple years? Money in the Bank is supposed to make somebody, like truly make somebody, where you can see they're on the verge of being in that main event title picture. What has Otis really done? A little work in NXT, sure. He comes up to the main roster, wins cardboard titles from Dave Dutra and uh, AJ Kirsch, then has a crush on Mandy, gets the girl. Cool. That's awesome. But what about what about Aleister Black? You know? Or it could, He's dead. Aleister Black's not dead. He got chucked over the uh, 
him and Rey Mysterio got chucked over the uh, thing. Oh, God. Fell off the side of the building, just like they said they weren't going to do. Oh, my God. Jesus. What about established guys like AJ Styles, you know? Like, Randy Orton won Money in the Bank a few years ago, and he cashed in on... Well, we can't talk about that on this show, but if you know, you know. You know, I'm, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't like Otis's Money in the Bank. I'm sorry. But, Brandon, tell us who won the woman's Money in the Bank, because we... We said well, that if I can quickly go back to the men's money in the bank, I think as though the NFL uh, pass interference replay isn't in the league anymore. But I think WWE should implement that because I think there was a clear catch and hold from AJ Styles that he clearly had possession of it. I mean, he had two feet inbounds. He definitely should have had the money in the bank. I think it's blasphemy that he did not get it. He's a Des Bryant of WWE. Oh, you know what they might do? The uh, whole spot where you put your money in the bank on the line and you lose it. Like, I see them doing that with Otis and uh, AJ. Well, going on to the women's money in the bank then. We get Asuka is the new women's money in the bank winner, as I predicted. I mean, I think I should. we should go to the board of directors. I think I should be the champion because I did kind of say that because we predicted Nia and Shayna that Asuka was going to win the money in the bank. Um, No. Shanna was your final pick. I'm sorry, Mom. Sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. Asuka didn't do a whole lot. She got that first spot in. She was kind of, you know, in the background, and then they go to the top. They brawl for a little bit. The women's one was retrieved first. Asuka and Baron Corbin got in a little scuffle there for a little bit, and then Asuka gets it and then goes away, and then the men's match happens. So. Well, can, I just, can, can, I, can I just say, Shayna Baszler choking out Rey Mysterio was hilarious. And then Ray getting compounded by Nia and Otis. That was funny. I'm sorry. That was that was. Funny. And then he gets chucked off a building. Bad night for Ray Ray. Uh, booyaka, booyaka. You know? Nice callback to the Boneyard match with AJ looking at the Taker photo. Having flashbacks. I dug that. And then he got spooked going into an Undertaker room, which I guess is a thing. Hey, it's, he's the dead man. The longest tenured employee in the company's history. He gets his own office? Absolutely. Dead Men Inc., you've been warned. Keep rolling, Brandon. Keep well, Philip, what is your overall thoughts on Money in the Bank, the presentation, how it was shot, all the different bits and gags throughout the entire match? Obviously, something different. We didn't exactly know what was going to happen. Got some things right. Maybe got some things wrong. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm going to give Money in the Bank a C+. Yeah, sorry. Or actually, not even a C plus, just a, just a soft C. Eh, it was okay. It was eh, you know. I think I'm gonna give it a C. I was not really that big of a fan of it. I know, you know, when we did WrestleMania, I was a big fan of the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse. I just think that this didn't work. As I mean, I didn't exactly know what to expect because you know they're kind of just confined to an office you can't do a whole lot it's just gonna be a lot of walking brawls but i thought the bits and everything i mean they were fine for what it was but i really thought that it was kind of way too over the top and campy especially like some of the bits where it was like stephanie comes in and says clean up the room or whatever because nia Jax is drooling like what the hell was the point of that and then they like fat shame paul Heyman, making it seem like he was going to eat an entire catering table like, there was just some very Vince McMahon, WWE, bullying-type things in there that I was not the biggest fan of. Yeah, well, you know. 
quarantine makes us do crazy things. Mm, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Uh, we have other fan mail here. Alfie Lewis. Some parts were okay, but all in all, Money in the Bank match was kind of whack. All right. Uh, this one has nothing to do with Money in the Bank, but I'll read it. Backwoods. Hey, yo, I know Jake Roberts is in AEW, but the thought of Roberts managing The Fiend is sick, and it would be dope. What y'all think? Um, two sadistic minds together? That, that'd be cool, you know? Bray can talk. He doesn't really need Jake. But then again, Punk could talk, and he didn't really need Heyman, but it works. So, yeah, you never know. I'll just leave it at that. You never know. I don't exactly know how it would work because the fiend is, you know, a spooky kind of over the top character, and Jake. I mean, with the dual personalities, I don't exactly know how Jake the Snake would fit in the Firefly Funhouse, but you never know. Obviously, obviously, it's not going to happen. Absolutely. All right, last up, Nigerian Prince. Oh, I remember this one. I remember this guy. I know it's not wrestling related, but thoughts on the death of Little Richard? Um. You know, when you uh, when you think of rock and roll, you know, obviously you'll think of Elvis and the Stones and Guns N' Roses. But Lil' Richard, he paved the way. And when you think of eccentric and exciting performers, you know, you'll think of a James Brown or a Michael Jackson or a, a Freddie Mercury, a Prince. But Lil' Richard, he was he was at the helm of that. He was the creme de la creme. He, he was the, uh, the driving force for that kind of stuff. Uh, sang America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 10, you know, two to fruity. Good golly, Miss Molly, all that great stuff, you know. I'll repeat a little Richard, one of the, one of the best that's ever done it. Brennan? I mean, definitely. R.I.P., a legend. Not the biggest fan. I don't exactly know everything about Little Richard, but he does have wrestling ties because of him performing at WrestleMania. And shout out Mark Merrow, you know, Johnny B. Bad, Johnny B. Good. You know, he, the whole reason he got that gimmick is because he looks like him, so... There you go. Exactly, exactly, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I guess that'll wrap or, or Before we wrap up, overall grade for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, Brandon? Overall money or overall grade for Money in the Bank, I know each match I didn't give it that high of a grade, but I'm going to give it a B-, minus, mainly because the, the show itself was only two and a half hours, which I thoroughly enjoyed. We only had like six matches going in. That was great. No. So two and a half hours, big fan of that. Absolutely. I'll give it a B- minus as well. Wasn't great. Could have been a hell of a lot better. And I think that'll do it for Brandon and myself. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, you know. Um, spend the rest of the day with your mothers, or if you've already listened to this, hope you guys had a great Mother's Day with your mothers, you know. Um, get them a card, make them breakfast, dinner, buy them a bear. Do, do something nice. Do something nice, guys. That's all I want to say. Just like John Moxley said, call your grandma. Absolutely. Call your grandma. Episode was at 169 of the Bulletcast. Oh, Jesus. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tomorrow I will be interviewing the uh, Zicky Dice. Zicky Dice, the NWA television champion. And that will go up on Tuesday. Brandon, can you push the... Are, are you going to do a Under the Radar on Tuesday? Maybe I will do an Under the Radar on Tuesday, you know, going over the latest episode of NXT. And, of course, Total Bellas. Well, you never I gotta give the people what they want. Absolutely. Give them what they want. Zicky Dice interview tomorrow, Monday, goes up Tuesday morning. You don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about a lot, of, a lot of good stuff, especially, you know, what he's been doing since we've been in shelter in place and how he's kept business moving since uh, there are no wrestling shows really going on on the independents and anywhere else. 
Um, and Brandon and I will come back together Thursday for the Bullet Cast, talking Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and whatever else happens in the week that was in the world of professional wrestling. Thank you guys so much. Here we go. Michael Jackson Money's playing us out. Stay clean, stay strong, stay safe, and stay quarantined. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.